You're listening to Little Green Cheese, episode 79. Well, welcome back. I'm Gavin Weber, and this podcast is where you can learn about cheese making at home. Well, curd nerds, I've been up to uh, one most important thing, of course, and that is writing my book, the next volume, and it's called Keep Calm and Make More Cheese. Now, I managed to crunch out 5,000 words over the weekend, um, putting up uh, at least one full chapter. I think I finished the fresh cheeses so that's all done now thank goodness um, and I'm moving on to the semi-hard or the pasta falada I can't remember anyway there'll be about four or five cheeses in that uh, which got uh, got me thinking that looking through all of the pasta falada recipes which are the stretch stretch curd cheeses they are very much the same except what you do with the cheese after you've stretched it so um, funny thing is the the main basis of the of stretch curd cheese is to get the acidity um, high enough. So it's about uh, between five point three and four point nine pH. Uh, so around that acidity level, that your curds have to be at. So what I'm thinking about doing is getting myself a well, a fairly decent pH meter. I know sometimes it's easier probably just to do a stretch test, but uh, I'm thinking of going all fancy and getting a pH meter. When I do get one, I'll test it out, make a video about it, and uh, we'll go from there, see how that goes. Alrighty, we've got an action-packed show. We've got uh, some voicemails, and we've got some email questions as well, which I'll endeavour to read out in my best Radio Man voice and uh, see how we go from there. But firstly, let's get on with the news. So the news this week is a sad story. Um, I've been following the uh, exploits of a uh, cheesemaker over in uh, New Zealand called Biddy Fraser Davies. And unfortunately, uh, this week, or this week, 17th of July, uh, is the, uh, the date on the article anyway, um, she has passed away. But let me read um, something about it and why she was so special to the, the cheesemaking community over there in New Zealand. So the headline is, uh, Champion Cheesemaker Biddy Fraser Davies Dies. The death of Biddy Fraser Davies um, let me pronounce this, Ekitahuna, Ekitahuna, there we go, I'll use that, um, artisan cheesemaker has been described as a heartbreaking blow for the small southern Tararura community and New Zealand's cheesemakers. Biddy was an amazing woman who gave so much to this community, Charlie Death, chairman of the Et- Etahuna community board said she will leave a big gap biddy began milking at oh, there's a welsh name now my goodness clinwin farm at 
Mount Bruce in 2003 after she was given a calf called Gwendolyn. Rising to rising at five, the pampered herd lived without exposure to pesticides or chemical drenches, happy to chew their cud, amble to the one cow milking parlour and produce quality milk. In 2014, Biddy won the Super Gold Award at the British Guild of Fine Foods World Cheese Awards in London with her traditional Klinglauen farmhouse cheese and her cheese was served at Prince George's Government House Playdate the same year. Biddy and I worked together in the, on the community board for 15 years and she was a member of our civil defence group. In fact, she was at a civil defence meeting last uh, Monday night before her stroke on Tuesday, Death said. It seems she was up as normal to milk her cows Tuesday, but things went wrong and her husband Colin found her at the milking shed. Death said Biddy was admired for her determination in battling bureaucracy. Even more so after she became after she came under the Ministry for Primary Industry spotlight following a country calendar program in two thousand and nine. I believe that's a TV show. After the show aired, she received an email from the ministry saying they would send an inspector to check her operations, and her costs for making cheese soared from one hundred dollars New Zealand a year paid to Tararua District Council to. 5500 a year to the Ministry of Primary Industries. The way she fought Ministry of Primary Industries was magnificent, Death said. Battling bureaucracy was her hallmark. But Agriculture Minister Damien O'Connell was at the Eketaha Huna Cheese Festival in May to announce a new template to enable an easier and cheaper way to certify cheese. The announcement was on Biddy's 76th birthday present. Sorry, the announcement was Biddy's 76th birthday present. She was writing to Parliament so often and attending so many committees, she could have been an MP herself, O'Connor said. In a country that has the biggest dairy exporter in the world, for the compliance cost for small cheesemakers was dismal. Biddy's persistence paid off. Politicians eventually convinced officials there could be a better way. Death said that Biddy did what Biddy did for artisan cheesemakers and for the Eke Tahuna Cheese Festival was wonderful. The esteem she was held in saw people coming all the way around the world and New Zealand to the festival, he said. Florence Jean, Jean Blanc Reisler, Ambassador of France to New Zealand, was present at the festival, along with two speakers from England, Dr Paul Neves and Jill Palmer. At the festival, Jean-Blanc Reisler said, Artisan cheese had a huge future, not only in New Zealand, but worldwide, praising Biddy as a wonderful woman and a huge achiever. There is likely to be another cheese festival in Ek. Etahuna in May next year in honour of Biddy, Death said. But it will probably be the last, he said. There will be no more production of Klinglin farm cheese once the current stocks are sold. However, Biddy's husband Colin intends to continue to operate the Middleton Model Railway, which is a popular tourist attraction.
There will be a memorial for Betty at the Eketahuna Community Hall on Thursday at 2.30pm. Well, it's a sad day. Um, I first learned about her from one of my podcast guests um, in episode... Let me just have a quick look. Yeah, it was on episode uh, 40 where I interviewed Colin Giddy and he mentioned... uh, did I know Biddy Fraser Davies? And uh, he went at all the great things that she'd done. So a sad day that she has passed away. And uh, thankfully, um, her persistence has uh, helped other artisan cheesemakers over there in New Zealand to be able to make cheese with raw milk from their own herd. So well done, Biddy. Um, she's gone to that great cheesemaking heaven in the sky. Okay, let's get on with some voicemail questions. The first one is from Antonia, so let's play that. Hello, Gavin. It's Antonia here. I'm in Seddon, so not very far from you. Um, I've started making fresh cheeses, and I'm going back to France to stay with my parents, and they they live in an area that makes a lot of cheeses, and I may be able to get access to sheep's milk. So I wanted to know what I might need to do differently in terms of recipe if I'm using sheep's milk to make, say, feta or halloumi, as opposed to the cow's milk feta and halloumi that I've been making here in Melbourne. Um, grateful for any advice. Thanks. Uh, no problems at all, Antonia. Um, I do have some advice. I just uh, opened up uh, one of my favourite cheese-making books, 200 Easy Homemade Cheese Recipes, and I found the information you need. So it states that uh, goats and goat's milk and sheep's milk has a lower pH and is more acidic than cow's milk. So you'll need to reduce the amount of rennet you use by 15 to 25%. Um, so uh, a sheep's milk in particular has very high amount of milk solids uh, than either goat or cow's milk. Um, so you need to reduce the rennet as you would with uh, with goat's milk. You'll also need to remember that you will need to probably increase the number of moulds if you're using uh, moulds or baskets because the yield is so much higher uh, than it would be for a normal amount of, say, cow's milk. So there's the two things to remember. I also add in calcium chloride. I remember when I got gifted some... Uh, milk from Arcadia Saltbush Lamb, um, Graham, who uh, who has sent me th- through some milk uh, that was frozen. And I used that to make a Pecorino Romano, um, a, a, a real, go- a real uh, traditional feta, which had um, 70% sheep's milk and 30% goat's milk. So you could... Uh, Check out those recipes, and also I think I did a yeah a pecorino ricotta salada. So if you pop over to cheeseman.tv, you should be able to find those video tutorials and uh, see how I made those lovely cheeses. But uh, a little bit uh, a little bit less rennet, and um, you should be fine. But I definitely would add calcium chloride to either goat's milk or sheep's milk. Um, because it needs uh, to have a stronger curd, um, and they tend not to. Um, okay, so hopefully that's answered your question. 
Right, the next question is from Greg. So let's have a listen to Greg's question. Hi, Gavin. This is Greg in Visalia, California. I made your pepper jack cheese uh, that you featured a few weeks ago. Made it on July 7th. Came out really well. Uh, still aging. I haven't tried it. The issue I'm having is I vacuum sealed it and I've got it in my cheese fridge. But every time I check it to turn it, it has clear liquid uh, surrounding the cheese. I, I open it up, drain it, and dry it off and put it in fresh uh, vacuum seal, but it keeps coming out. Is, is this okay? It smells okay. I'm uh, just wondering what you thought. Thank you for your answer. Uh, thanks for your question, Greg. Now, I've noticed this in other cheeses that I've done that I hadn't pressed hard enough um, and I hadn't removed most of the way that needed to be removed. Um, I Just before I started the show, I went out and had a look at my, um, my triple pepper jack and I don't have any of that, uh, that weeping way or clear way um, coming out of it. Now, your cheese will still be okay. Um, as shown from my recent uh, not-so-provolone cheese where it had a clear liquid and the bag was nearly actually full of clear liquid. That's how bad it was. Um, so it won't affect the cheese. The che my cheese turned out okay. Um, if you're really worried about it, drain it probably every couple of weeks. It's up to you, mate. And you can probably re-oil it and uh, put the rub on again um, if you're going to do it like that. Um, that may help the rind to dry out a little bit and let it uh, air dry for a day or two before you vacuum pack it again. And that may um, help some of that weeping to stop. So there's some recommendations um, and I hope they help you out. Okay, the next question is from Rodrigo. Hi, Gavin. Um, I'm a curd nerd here from Brazil. And I would like to know if you if you ship to other countries. Do you? Uh, the answer to that, Rodrigo, is yes, we do. Um, and he's talking about from our cheese shop um, online cheese store, littlegreenworkshops.com.au, and we do ship all over the world except for one or two countries that uh, don't allow us to ship and those sorts of things into them. Um, but, uh, yeah, we don't have too many problems at all, and we, uh, in fact, today we sent out uh, two shipments, one to Canada, one to the US. And last week we actually sent one to Brazil as well. So um, they all get there, um, but it's up to you to choose the speed of shipping that you want. So I'll let you figure out um, all that. So, uh, yeah, if you're in the market for some um, cheesemaking kits, equipment or supplies, then pop over to littlegreenworkshops.com.au. Okay. Now, uh, that's all of the voicemail questions. So to leave a voicemail question, uh, because I don't have any for next week's show, and I really kind of need some to get it going, um, don't forget to pop over to littlegreencheese.com where this podcast is hosted. And uh, in every podcast episode, there is a little widget there that says speak pipe, leave a message for Gavin. Or at a pinch, if you're on a page without that widget there, then go to the right-hand sidebar and there's a little tag that you can click on it, send a message to Gavin. 
And all you have to do is uh, enable your microphone and um, speak into it in a nice clear voice. Don't forget to replay it back so uh, it sounds okay. So, Because if you can understand it, then I will be able to understand it. And that will be all fine and dandy. But uh, yeah, send those questions in. Uh, the show doesn't kind of happen without them. Um, and uh, it would be disappointing if you had to hear to my voice drone on reading out email questions for the whole time. So if you've got any burning cheese making questions, don't hesitate to jump over to littlegreencheese.com and leave me a voicemail. Okay, now we've got some, I've got three uh, email questions. So let's have a go at those. The first one's from Julie. Uh, Julie says, hi, Gavin. Hoping you can give me some insight into my Yalesburg making. I have made three wheels. The first was very successful, good eye development and great flavour profile. The last two efforts, efforts seem to have excessive eye development with the cheese exploding from the wax after about a week at 18 degrees Celsius, the maturation stage. I then vacuum seal until fully mature. Whilst the flavour is great, it looks fairly, very alien. Could longer development at 10 degrees Celsius and less at 8 degrees Celsius help or less propionic shamani? After I retired from work, I came across your cheese making videos. Thank you, for, thank you for sharing your wealth of knowledge. Your passion is addictive and has breathed life into my retirement. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Cheers, Julie. Well, thanks for the lovely email question, Julie. I really appreciate it. I think I've got a couple of answers that may help. So firstly, back off on the propionic shamani. Uh, usually when I add it in, I usually add it in with the smallest spoon I've got. So that's one sixty-fourth of a teaspoon. That's all you need in anything between 8 and 10 litres of milk because it's pretty powerful stuff. It will create... CO2 gas at the right temperature till the cows come home, pun intended. Um, and also in that first, uh, I think it's a couple of weeks that you leave it at 10 degrees, um, maybe you could cut back on the uh, on the maturation, the eye development part, if that doesn't solve your problem. So instead of uh, three weeks at 18 degrees Celsius, then cut it back to two weeks um, and that would help. Uh, definitely, and then put it back down at uh, 10 degrees and that'll slow down the CO2 uh, production. So try those two tips. Hopefully they'll work for you. I know it's a lovely cheese and yeah, it does tend to go a bit ballistic when it's sitting at the um, room temperature or uh, between 16 and 18 degrees Celsius. Anyway, Julie, hope that helps. See, the next question is from John. Okay, here we go. John says, Hi Gavin, I'm looking at making some camembert as my first cheese, but I'm a bit confused how you determine how many moulds you're going to need for a given amount of milk. I realise it partially, partially has to do with the fat percentage your milk, your milk using, but I'll ask anyways. In your first video, camembert video long ago, you used two gallons for four moulds and it appeared you were using the Mad Millie moulds. In the second video, you used one gallon and filled three moulds. Uh, in Mad Millie's recipe, I think he means in the kit, 
um, you use half a gallon to fill two moulds. Why are all such drastically different amounts? I am a bit confused. Thanks. Okay, let me try and solve it. The first recipe I ever made uh, was indeed uh, two gallons for four moulds. So uh, the cheeses appeared to be a little too flat. Oh, sorry, a little. They were a little bit too high uh, when I finished uh, ladling in the. What's that? Two gallons, seven point six liters into four cheese making molds, uh, and it did take quite a long time. They were too high. Um, they were too high in moisture, so that's why in the second video I made, which I think I called Little Bears, um, I only used uh, four liters and filled three molds, and they tended to be about the right height. So I was very happy with that. Um, as for the Mad Millie recipe in the kit then if it says use half a gallon, you probably get fairly small. Half a gallon is, what, two litres. So you're going to get fairly flat little cheeses. Really, the answer it depends on, as you mentioned, the yield. So the, the milk, if you're using standardised milk, 3.25% fat, you're going to get a far lower yield than you would say if you were using Jersey milk. Um, and Jersey milk are can come in between 5 and 5.5% fat. So you would obviously need more moulds for the same amount of milk. Um, look, I tend to prefer the second video that I made for Camembert that I call Little Bears. And that seemed to work perfectly. I had no troubles with the cheese whatsoever. I got the right height. They didn't fall over. They didn't go flat. And basically they were just right. So... My answer would be to use the second video, um, cheese making video called Little Bear. And uh, hopefully that'll work out for you, John. Uh, sorry about all the mystery, but there's so many variables. Um, but uh, I hope you'll understand. Okay, uh, last question is from Diane. And Diane, I think it's more of a thank you, but I'll read it out anyway. Diane says... I just discovered your terrific podcast a couple of days ago and I've been listening to it intently, along with my hubby Sam ever since. I love it, that's in capitals, um, especially the answers to home cheesemakers' questions. In fact, you've answered a couple of questions I already I had already. Sam and I own Imanaha Nubians, a small herd of purebreed dairy goats. Um, and it looks like they've got a web address, which is www.campcreekenterprises.com. I think you'll see the pictures of the goats there. Um, and since they are really high producers, I had to start doing something with all the extra milk. I don't have a fluid milk market here, and I'd always wanted to learn how to make cheese, so that was the obvious answer. Both of us are retired, and this is our second go around with goats, so we are enjoying it. Bought the goats in spring 2014 and have been making one kind or other of cheese ever since. I've I make mostly fresh cheeses such as Sherve, uh, ricotta, mozzarella, and feta, but I've also made Parmesan, Monterey Jack, and farmhouse cheddar. Anyway, I wanted to let you know how much I've enjoyed your podcast. Keep up the great work. 
Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Diane. I appreciate your email, and it was lovely to receive something from uh, somebody who has been enjoying the podcast so much. Now, speaking of enjoying the podcast so much, um, usually about this time in the show, I ask people to leave a uh, an iTunes review, and a few people have, which is fantastic. Let me read them out to you. So the first one was on July 4th, uh, and this is from Paul from Brisbane. Um, the title is Fantastic Podcast to Complement Your YouTube Videos and Website. Um, so Paul says, thanks, Gavin. I've learned a lot about cheese making from your podcasts, which complement your YouTube videos and cheese book. Thanks. Well, thank you very much, Paul. He gave it a lovely five-star review. The next one is titled Absolutely Brilliant and is a five-star review as well. This one's on the 18th of July, uh, and it's by Rach Bork, or Bjork, sorry, Rach Bjork from United States. Resident curd nerd and host Gavin comes off quite knowledgeable in the subject of cheesemaking. He's always readily, ready, lending some advice by answering listener questions, and his Aussie drawl only adds to the non-judgmental teaching theme of the podcast. All in all, a great podcast. Well, thanks very much, Rach Bjork. I really appreciate the uh, the podcast review. Now, if you wanted to uh, give the show a review, all you have to do is pop over to iTunes, and uh, I don't care what star it is, um, I appreciate the feedback, um, good, bad or ugly, and uh, just let me know how I'm going, um, because it's very hard to get feedback on podcasts. Very easy on YouTube videos, because people love leaving a comment on YouTube. Um, and if you are watching this on YouTube, hi to all the YouTube people, uh, then uh, don't forget to uh, leave a comment, and, um, and that would be lovely to let me know how you think the show is going. That's all we got time for this week. Thanks for listening and watching. You've been listening to Little Green Cheese Podcast. To leave an iTunes review, pop over to iTunes and uh, leave that review. If you've been watching on YouTube, don't hesitate to leave a comment and let me know how things are going. I've got a cheese making ebook called Keep Calm and Make Cheese, a beginner's guide to cheese making home. You can find that at all good ebook retailers. You can find a hard copy book of that over at littlegreenworkshops.com.au, where you can also find lots of cheese making kits, supplies, and equipment. Thanks for listening, Curd Nerds, and stay tuned for the next exciting episode of the Little Green Cheese Podcast. You've been listening to Kevin music by Kevin McLeod. I played Malt Shop Bop, Call to the Dairy Cows, and the News Theme. <laughs>